body. You know, America's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Behind the Mask. I'm Ryan Rodosovich, joined alongside Jacob Phillips and Jacob Stinson. Gentlemen, how you guys doing today? Doing all right. Uh, I don't know. Still a bad time to be a Blues fan. I don't know what the hell is going on with them right now. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on air, actually, now that I just said that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, weird times. I don't know. They're not inspiring me right now. The Blues giving you the Blues. Basically. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, football is dead to me. It's hockey season. <laughs> it's hockey season here. So are a lot of MSU football player seasons. They're also dead to them. So, um, there's, there's going to be a interesting, interesting stuff to talk about in the next coming weeks with what happened in that MSU Michigan football game. Yeah. <laughs> and we won't, we won't speak much on it cause we don't know much just like pretty much everybody else. But, uh, that's going to be interesting. We'll just jump right into hockey, though. This is College Hockey Podcast, MSU Hockey Podcast. Let's get right into it, even though I don't really want to get right into this first game, because if you watched it, you probably want to clear it from your memory. It wasn't wasn't overall as lopsided as the score would say. It was a 0-5 to five loss. There are worse, a little bit of takeaways, but it just it wasn't the game that MSU and Adam Nightingale was looking for for his, you know, Big Ten first game, his, you know, that that first time in, you know, Big Ten scheduling and all that. But there's a little takeaway. So we'll, we'll talk about it for a bit. Well, not not too long, but yeah, zero five loss to Notre Dame Friday night. What did you guys see? I mean, yeah, like you said, it wasn't one of those games where it was like when you look at a five zero loss, you think, oh, this team just got actually shellacked for 60 minutes. And that wasn't really the case. They had some opportunities. Ryan Bischel, the Notre Dame goalie, was really good that night. He was on top of things. Um, but at the same time, they did. there were definitely a lot of flaws in the way they did play. Um, main thing that I noticed specifically watching it was they had a very hard time getting good zone entry. Um, and like, that yeah, they're every time they tried establishing themselves in the offensive zone, um, they just couldn't. They would either turn the puck over, Notre Dame would be in the right spot. They would get kind of muscled off the puck a little bit. Um, kind of a combination of things that they Notre Dame was not making things easy for Michigan State, and they were kind of you know all over the place really. And that was another thing too I noticed was Notre Dame just looked genuinely faster than Michigan State in pretty much every aspect of the game. Like it was one of those. I think it was kind of the first time. I had seen this season where MSU just looked sluggish. Uh, or maybe not even sluggish, but the other team just looked genuinely faster, and they couldn't really keep up with them. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, kind of going into this weekend, you know, like I said last week, I, I knew it, it was it was going to be a, a rough weekend for the Big Ten as a whole. A lot of teams going to get swept and just overall have a tough time. Michigan State opens up against ranked Notre Dame, I think number 12th at the time, still number 12 this week, with a road series, for their first complete road series of the season as well. It, it was going to be a really tough game going into it. And it's the first time Michigan State's been shut out all year. You know, 30, And it's the first time they've been outshot, too. Mm-hmm. All 30 shots, you know, blocked or saved by Bischel, who got the sec, uh, second star of the game. Michigan State put up 30 shots total, so not a huge difference here in shooting, but 
again, first time you're outshot, and this is a very, you know, offensive momentum-based team. So you, you have to really give credit to Ryan Bischel for basically putting a brick wall in front of that goal. He he got second star off of a shutout. I, I'm looking at the the score sheet thinking that, you know, maybe somebody stole the show with two goals and assists. Not, that didn't happen. If, if you're a goalie getting a shutout, I would say you get first star. But, I mean, it, it, you know, it depends, I guess. But whatevs so uh yeah that game you know michigan state they the 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 score doesn't show the whole entire game like stinson and i said it it wasn't that bad msu did get outshot 33 to 30 that was the first time they were outshot this season thank you phillips uh and they they were going they were down 3-0 going into the third so if you believe that msu was a third period team you were like hmm, maybe maybe got up in your seat a bit like okay it's third period time and they just you know they didn't have that third period magic this time, sadly. Of course, uh, Ryan Bischel picking up the shutout. And Dylan Saitzier had had a good night. You can't really blame any of the five goals on him that much at all. He actually had his season best at that point, 28 saves. Obviously, things changed in the second game. But, I mean, hey, anything else from the first game, gentlemen? No, I think I think you really hit on uh, you know, Saitzier at the time, season high in saves. So, it wasn't like he had a, a terrible game. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you guys pretty much all covered it. So moving on swiftly to the next game, which was very hard-fought battle, but a, a better result if you were a Michigan State fan. It officially went down as a 1-1 tie, so it'll it'll show up as a tie, but MSU did win in the shootout. The uh the five on five or the sorry, the three on three five minute overtime. No goals were scored, so they went to a shootout, and MSU did win the shootout. Uh Daniel Russell and Carson Dorwart did get those two goals, and then uh, St. Cyr was able to stop the third save of one going in, so that was enough to call off the uh, shootout for the shootout win for the Spartans. So they they pick up the extra point off that, so they get both teams get one point going into overtime, going into shootouts, but whoever wins the overtime or wins the shootout gets the extra point. So MSU does pick up two out of six points on the weekend, which if you get outshot or outscored, sorry, Six to one on the weekend, and you're pulling two out of the six points. That's a little moral victory, as much as you'll the players will say they don't care about that. That you know, if you're outside perspective, you'll take that. So it it was it was hard fought, but MSU just coming out in the first period. I think they they brought the energy. Whatever whatever Nightingale said in the locker room before, they definitely took it to heart, and they were playing. They were they were firing in the first period, and it looked it looked pretty gosh dang good. And Joshua scored. His uh, fourth goal of the season, four goals in uh, three games, three game span, and uh, that that happened to be uh, very very important for the Spartans. And uh, yeah, that goal came five minutes into the first, and that was the only Spartan goal in regulation. And yeah, what else? What else you guys see in that game? Uh, I mean, it was definitely one of those things of yeah, they definitely kind of got back in gear. They found their groove. That game as a whole was just a stalemate from front to back. Like, any statistic you can look at, uh, you know, shot attempts, shots on goal, saves, everything like that is effectively neck and neck, Michigan State. And they kind of just were able, the shootout was what got them, um, the extra point in that game. But, I mean, yeah, it's, one of the things I do want to point out, though, is once again, Ryan Bishop was absurd again in this game. Uh, forty-one of forty-two saves, Whew. just yeah, and then Saint Cyr stopping good. thirty-eight of thirty-nine, uh, thirty-nine of forty. Or sorry, yeah, thirty-nine out of forty. Saint Cyr was forty-one out of forty-two. 
or not sincere, official yeah, names. <laughs> uh, but no, like th- that's just kind of, you know, an old school goalie duo duel right there. Oh, like, yeah. It was kind of just the first one to blink, and it took until the shootout to do it, but um, they, it happened. I also want to say, um, in my proof, I worked for the series um, a couple of days before the, the game. Uh, I, in my players to watch section, the one player I picked the Notre Dame to watch uh, was Nick Lieberman, who finished the weekend with two goals, an assist, and also the only uh, made shootout goal in that um, weekend. And he was, and he had only played like two games before that to that point. So I want to give myself credit. Yeah, he was the guy who tied it up in the second period in the second game, one one. He was the lone yes. goal scorer in the in regulation for Notre Dame. So yeah, no, he was he was looking good that game for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, another thing is MSU. They dropped the first game five to zero. So maybe you'd question in the back of your mind. Okay, Saint Cyr, first Big Ten action. Watson five. I mean. Obviously, none of them were truly his fault. So I think that's what Adam Nightingale was going off of. And he has full trust in St. Cyr. Obviously, St. Cyr got the nod in game two. And like we said, saving 39 out of 40 shots, which is now his season high. And it was, yeah, he looked he looked very, very good. He's just, he's just a great systematic goalie to look at. You look at him and there's no flaws in his game. He positions himself perfectly sure he's a little bit undersized but he can't say go go stretch five inches he's he's playing for he's got and he's very very good at it so yeah moving on with uh dylan saint Cyr, i'm i'm confident with that for sure yeah definitely I yeah mean, that with given the past few years at msu hockey it, the the goaltending is like the one the position one group i can say <laughs> uh, it's a luxury to have the talent they have at that position i don't know how compared to everything else but I mean, and, they, and those and those teams in the past few years too, they made those goalies work. But I mean, what you know, Saint Cyr just kind of is doing that same thing. Yeah, he's coming in, he's filling the role, he's stepping up when he when called upon, which is all you can really ask. Yeah, I think uh, what I what I kind of want to add in in terms of the second game is it's really seemed like Jagger Joshua's also kind of stepped up. And I think what really made the difference in the second game was that offensive positioning. You know, we've seen now in two key games at this point, uh, I think it was last, not this past Saturday, the Saturday before, as well as this past Saturday, with Jagger Joshua being able to really use his position in front of the goalie to get those rebound goals that, you know, those are huge. And to be able to score on Bischel with one of those rebounds to put Michigan State up one nothing in this this road game is is just a really key instance that you know really shouldn't be overlooked. His performance has really been spot on over the uh, past two weeks, and I think it's something that you kind of got to look out for in the this season going forward. Another thing I got to correct myself, I accidentally said Daniel Russell and Carson Dorwart scored in the shootout. It was actually Tanner Kelly, not Daniel Russell. So sorry about that. Sorry about that little misinformation. But some other things to talk about, MSU's PK, they've had to kill off. I mean, in this series, it was only two five-minute game misconducts, one in each game. But going back to the UMass Lowell series, MSU has killed off 15 consecutive penalties. Like, that, that, the PK has looked very, very good. Like, I'm talking, I'm not talking just like, okay, they thwart whatever offense is trying to get a power play goal. 
I'm saying they they're out shooting teams on the power play. They're actually getting like two to one shots, two to zero. They look so good that they actually create some of their own offense. So hopefully we see that moving forward. That's that's been one of the consistent bright spots of this team that I kind of it went kind of under my radar for a bit. And then I noticed I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, their PK actually has been that good. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of one of the things, too. I've noticed that at times during the year as well. I look at it, uh, and then I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, MSU's on the power play here. Like, you know, because it doesn't feel like it, because they have the puck in the zone. They're not playing like they're down a man. Um, They're not kind of playing in that almost like prevent defense um, style of of hockey. Um, So that's kind of something, too. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, they're on the year sitting at a cool 90%, which ties in for fifth best in the country. Um, so yeah, hard to argue. I mean, so another thing to point out is MSU hasn't slowed down on shots really. I mean, they did have 30, which was a season low, but compared to last year, 30 being a season low is not that bad. I was going to say if 30 is your season low so far in shots, you're, you're fine. Yeah, that that's fine. But, um, that the MSU, Still, still high up in this stat, so I want to bring it up. Thirty-seven point three shots per game. That's fourth in the nation, and that's something you just can't really ignore. MSU's offensive plan—it's working. Maybe it didn't work game one against Notre Dame that well, but they still got thirty shots and you know, looked decent in a five-zero loss, if you could say that. But uh, yeah, MSU's MSU's offense look, still looking good, even though one goal over a weekend. It's weird to say that, but I I still like it. I still. I, I like the cycle that they run. I love the forecheck of everybody getting involved and covering for each other if somebody's out of position. It's it's good, and I really want to see how it looks against Wisconsin. So let's talk about Wisconsin, guys. Last year, MSU and Wisconsin did uh, split in the four games overall. MSU swept them the first series, and then Wisconsin swept MSU later in the series. Wisconsin is right now. Two and six, and they're zero and four in Big Ten play with uh, getting swept by Penn State and OSU. So not looking like a good record, but Wisconsin did sweep number 10 Minnesota Duluth at Duluth. So it's like, I, I don't really know. This this team doesn't really make sense to me. And it's going to be really interesting, a little interesting case study this weekend to see how they actually play. But I think, I think personally, they're a lot better than a 2-6 record right now. But let's, let's talk about it. I mean, yeah, so... For me, Wisco has just not been the same since Cole Caulfield's gone. Yes, uh, like since but they, they got Brock Caulfield, not the same. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but that, since that trio they had, that big three they had of uh, it was Cole Caulfield, uh, Lannis Weisbach, and Dylan Holloway um, during COVID season. Um, ever since that group left, then it's just not been the same for them. Like they were, they were one of the few. They were one of the two teams that was still giving MSU any hope of ever not finishing last in the Big Ten um, last season. They were not good either. And they brought in some, like, some trans... I liked their transfer portal work. I, I genuinely did. Um, I thought Kyle McClellan was a good transfer. I thought, um, what, Ty Smilinik, I think I say you pronounce the name. I could be wrong on that, but... Uh, Sorry, Ty. <laughs> um, transfer from Quinnipiac. Um, but I liked him. I liked a lot of what they were doing. But it, they just have not been able to put it together. And it's like any of the underlying numbers, they're not very good either um, about Wisconsin. And like they get, they consistently get outshot. They're kind of, even then, the wins that they do have, they're relying on their goalies to do everything. Like as far as shot attempts allowed and like all that kind of stuff, they are, yeah, the... 
the only real reason I can look at you know those box scores and see oh Wisconsin was able to sweep Minnesota to Duluth was just superhuman performances from their goalies. Um, like see they like yes in this one in the Saturday game of that series, Duluth outshot Wisconsin thirty five to twenty eight, but they still won three nothing. And then, at, and then it was closer, um, more so in that first game. But they still got outshot, forty to thirty six. So there, all these things, because we kind of we talked about this before. Because last week we were comparing MSU a season ago to, um, or like when when they were still winning a few games at the beginning of the year before the, the tumble that was twenty twenty two. Um, we were comparing that to MSU this year going into Notre Dame. And we were saying the reason that we had confidence in MSU was what like Nightingale described as the as like the scoring habits and like the you know the playing like a winning style of hockey. Because MSU last year was winning games off the strength of Mitchell Lewandowski and hoping Drew DeRitter can give him a forty save shutout and they win one nothing. Uh and that's just not how it was going to work. It's that's not conducive to consistent winning hockey, and that's that's what that Minnesota Duluth series told me too. They're doing kind of the exact same things that Michigan State was doing last year, um, and so that's kind of why I you know, granted, while Wisconsin has played some very good teams so far, every team they've played so far is still ranked at some point or in some capacity, um, so. That's what I mean when I say I I don't really have much faith in Wisconsin as a team. I think the the one thing I'd like to add, and I'm I'm very glad Stinson didn't bring this up so I could steal his thunder. I'm gonna bring up an advanced statistic. Ooh, oh my god! Yeah, roll reversed. Gonna throw out the the Corsi four percentage for Wisconsin. Oh yeah, it's all it's also very not very good. <laughs> it is currently sitting at a forty three point eight percent, exactly. Which is yeah, not not great. Not the best. Not the best. No. Uh, it's it's the opposite of Michigan State right now. Michigan State, even after this Notre Dame series, still has a pretty good Corsi four. Uh, you know, a good Corsi four percentage. There's still second best in the country. Good is an understatement. Behind, then. I wonder who Harvard. Oh, what? Oh, kids. Yeah, because they played two games. <laughs> yeah, Harvard has played two games, <laughs> yeah. and they have a sixty-eight point seven. And then Michigan State is second, and they have a sixty point four. And then what is Michigan's? Uh, they are down at seven now. They're oh, at fifty-nine wow. even. Surprised by that? Okay. So yeah, so Wisconsin sitting at a forty-three point eight percent, twelfth worst in the country. Uh, it's it's really going to be Michigan State. They Michigan State should be able to control the puck in this game a lot better than basically the rest of their schedule because it's just not the style that Wisconsin plays. Wisconsin, as you pointed out, is getting outshot even when they win. And it's just, if, if you're going to take advantage of an opponent that doesn't control the puck, do it. And you got to, and now's the chance. 
I also got to change one more one more other fact check. We, we were saying uh, MSU shooting 30 shots per game was their season low against Notre Dame. It was actually was uh, say, 25 thought, against UMass Lowell. I so say, I thought there was one once again, sorry about that mishap too. Uh, oopsie daisy. But hey, it's it was it, one of the it was one of the lowest. That's all you need to know. Well, it, yes, the second if, lowest. There we, we go. The, <laughs> the main point on that was if 30 shots on goal is a bad shooting night for you, you're doing something fine. You're fine. And speaking of shots per game, if you look at the other side of the shots per game, Wisconsin is allowing 36.7 shots per game. So you've been talking about their two wins. They've had the goalie stand on their head. Yeah, 36.7 shots allowed per game is the fourth worst in the nation. So they are not looking too good on defense, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, but their goaltending has been great, at least so far. That's the weird part about it all is... With the even with the workload of shots they're getting, Jared Moe, the starting goalie for Wisconsin, um, has been uh, still like phenomenal. He's got like a nine two seven save percentage. He's kept them in games too, a lot of games. Yes, and they are just like there's so many just minus defenders out there on Wisconsin, and especially on the defensive end. But as a whole, it's just. Like, yeah, they have a lot of guys out there that I don't really trust to guard a beach ball. <laughs> Wisconsin is also second worst in Big Ten standings at the moment. Behind? Uh, they are above Michigan, but that's only because Michigan has not played a Big okay, Ten Okay, I was going to say, I'm like, who are they at? Who are they ahead I, of? I just, <laughs> a little added suspense there, but uh, yes. it, like if, if you take out Michigan not having played a Big Ten matchup yet, Wisconsin is the lowest in the Big Ten. But factually, Wisconsin is not right now, and Michigan is. Go, going off of the record <laughs> of 0 0 down the line, Michigan is Jur- currently lowest in Big yes, Ten. Yes, journalists do report out the facts, and that is a 100% undeniable fact right there. Michigan is currently ranked last in the Big Ten. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how long that lasts with the, with this Penn State series coming up with, <laughs> yeah. with, with Michigan. We'll yeah, see how long that's going to change. The first team to ever be both ranked last in their conference and first in the uh, <laughs> in the USCHO poll. Yeah, they are number one this week now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mind boggling, but you know, as we said, they Michigan will play Penn State, so uh, that that'll be a fun series to watch. Yeah, I'll we'll, talk about. We'll that get to that. Yeah. I have some thoughts on that one. I want to get out. But uh, before we get to said pickums, we got a, a blank wins if for Michigan State. They will win a game if they do what? I mean, I would say they got to score on the power play. Another thing we didn't really talk about uh, that I want or that I was going to mention because I was kind of looking over notes and stuff, obviously before um, just to check on um, you know how these how these things, teams are doing. And all that, and you can look at the, those same like advanced analytics and things like that. Um, but Wisconsin's power play, I mean, penalty kill is not good. Nope. Wisconsin's penalty kill is it's below average, right? It's um, it's, it's like fifteenth or something. It it says twenty first most recent, twenty first okay. worst. So it, it's seventy six percent. So just below middle of the pack. Yeah, below average, right? And so is Michigan State's power play. It's also, like, middle of the pack to below average. Um, and so I think that's an area of the game because when you look at some of those other games they've had where the teams really kind of, you know, have that offensive outburst, I think the LIU game, I there's there's examples out there. But, like, those kind of games, 
where you can see them start to put up points on the board. The kind of common denominator with those are power play goals. You want and yeah, use utilizing that man advantage. And I think that's the most that's kind of the important thing to look at with that is if you if you can take advantage of a lackluster and below average penalty kill, you're gonna set yourself up for for success. The recipe for success right there. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though, what I, the part that makes it really interesting, uh, you don't have to. I don't think if you're Michigan State, you don't really have to worry at all about giving up power play goals. Because uh, watch us jinx it because we pulled up the 15 straight, and now you're saying well. That. So, there's a, so there's a 15 straight. There's a fact that MSU has like a tied for the fifth best power play in the country or power penalty kill. I mean. Uh, at ninety percent, Wisconsin right now. It, out of not counting the teams that have played like two games, Wisconsin is also that has a very not good uh, power play. They are sitting at eleven and a half percent. Oh, that ain't good. No, that's got to be last ten in the nation. It's tenth, but it also oh. count. But like three of these teams oh, are ones that have don't like count the or, well, no, sorry. <laughs> we're technically I think we're actually technically be eighth at that point if you take out okay. Cornell and Dartmouth who are zero percent in their two games played <laughs> oh Ivy League schools I don't get why that starts so late man yeah. it, just, it just throws off the numbers there's probably a really good reason but I don't know it so I don't get it <laughs> it just throws off the numbers but uh Phillips MSU wins if they do what normally I'd say if they're able to really control the puck and get that momentum I don't think they're actually going to have a problem with that in this game, as I already kind of went into detail about. So I'm going to say more offensive positioning, getting that rebound back on goal, trying to get around the goalie, especially with what we've seen out of Jagger Joshua's production of goals being there for the rebound. I think that's going to be huge when you're talking about going up against another goalie that really is the key of their team. So, uh, yeah, being there, getting those rebounds on goal. That's funny. I was going to go with that. And I'm switching mine to the one that you were going to go with. So we literally pulled the opposite. I'm going MSU keeping it in the zone offensively. The, I think the faceoffs, they're, they're not going to be crucial. Sometimes they're crucial. They usually aren't that crucial. I'm going to say if they win offensive zone faceoff draws and they just keep it in that offensive zone. I'm not saying throw pucks on net the Penn State way, but throw pucks on net smartly like Michigan State's been doing. Eventually, they will crack this goalie. They will crack Jared Moe. Even though he's stood on his head a couple games, I mean, you know, he's still lost a lot. But I think just offensive zone draws are not going to be extremely critical, but a little critical because you could base a lot of lot of offense off that. And I don't think the Wisconsin Wisconsin's defense is that good. So just keep the offensive pressure up, win those offensive face zone face off zone draws, and uh, I think MSU is going to fill the net more than Wisconsin will. Moving on to the other side of things, though, Wisconsin, the Badgers, will win if they do what, Stincy? They will need a superhuman performance from Jared Moe. Dang, that's, that's mine. <laughs> that's kind of it. Like I something else. <laughs> I, I, I was going to put a number on it, say like 40-plus saves, something like that. But then, it, but regardless, the point is he Moe needs like a superhuman performance. Given Wisconsin's play style and... Michigan State's play style and the the matchup of those, a very heavily off, uh, heavily possession based game, uh, dominating shots on goal totals versus a very, la- a very porous uh, defensive game that basically is just hey fire at will against Jared Moe and we'll see how many he can stop for us. 
um, then it, it it's not a recipe for success. And if Wisconsin wants to have a shot at winning this game, they're probably unless they can protect Jared and Mo, which I don't really have much faith in them to do. Um, they are going to have to have Mo stand on his head. Now, funny enough, you say uh, that was yours, uh, Ryan. So, yep. was that yours feel, too? <laughs> no, it, it makes me feel a little better. Uh, so far, I've had original uh, ideas. So, I think if Wisconsin really wants to pull this series out from under the rug, they have to take advantage of Michigan State really not doing as good of a job as they need to on the back check. Especially in this last Notre Dame series, we saw in that game one, they really took advantage of using the odd man rush and breakaways to really just get clear shots past St. Cyr and take advantage of speed. And I think if Wisconsin can learn to do that and really kind of manipulate the turnovers that Michigan State is seeing with bad passing or even just, you know, really good defensive placement from Wisconsin, you know, it. It's really that's going to be the key for them putting pressure on St. Cyr and eventually all goalies crack. So I, I think it's going to be in just using the breakaways and turnovers to your advantage. For me, I'm going to I'm going to switch mine up and I'm going to say if Wisconsin cracks a goal in on the power play, I think I think they're going to have to get a goal somewhere where they just they just need some help if they want to win some games. So I think Wisconsin, if they score a power play goal, they will they win a couple games. And I say that because in their two games against Minnesota Duluth, their two wins out of eight on the season, they scored a power play in both of those games. And every single other game during the season, which they've lost, they've only scored one power play goal during the rest of those seasons. So it seems like they need a, they need a little bit of bump in scoring, and the power play, if it does come to fruition, will be the key factor that Wisconsin uh, the Scott, Wisconsin will need to win some games. So uh, moving on from that little rankings update, uh, the University of Michigan, located in Ann Arbor and some other cities because they just feel like doing that, they are taking over the number. Yeah, isn't that? They they got campuses in Dearborn okay. and Flint. Okay, I was trying to figure what you were talking about. Yeah, for yeah. A I know, confusing, but yeah, they're they're all over the place. They're number one and last of the Big Ten. <laughs> So they they check in to number one. Uh, Minnesota drops down to number three. Ohio State is now number nine. Notre Dame's at twelve. Penn State sitting at eight and zero. One of the last remaining undefeated teams in college hockey. I don't really want to count the ECAC teams, but whatever. I guess they count statistically. Uh, it's they're they're there. Penn State's thirteenth, and then that is that is all the uh, the Big Ten teams. Uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State did not get any votes, which is kind of surprising because Michigan State did get seven votes last week. But I guess following up a zero five loss of a one one tie slash shootout win isn't really a needle mover. So, so yeah, that's uh that's the rankings update. A lot of a lot of Big Ten teams obviously still ranked. Like we'll say always. the only other team undefeated right now in the top twenty. Is Harvard sitting Harvard. at two and zero? People knew Harvard was going to be good though coming in the year. Yeah, well, we'll like just... they've they've been still sitting in these polls rankings the whole time. They haven't played a single game. Like, sure, go back and look at them. Yeah, the the stats will have to catch up with them eventually. Uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see where they land once they play a few more games. So, a little schedule update too. After Michigan State takes on Wisconsin at home this November fourth Friday and November fifth Saturday. 
They will have another home series the following weekend, a Thursday and Friday uh, home series against Ohio State. Then they will travel to Penn State the following week, and then after that to round out November, they go a little weird non-conference slate in the middle of the season against Miami at Miami. So a little bit of a schedule update for you guys, but that's that's all that mumbo jumbo let's get to the pickups oh 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 no no else come on i'm the only one that has energy nah (laughs) okay so a little update in the standings stincy taking uh reclaiming first place reclaiming you already had it the whole time yeah so you got 14 uh, Phillips taking second place for me though. Oh at, my god, I at, just yeah, saw that. Yeah, I this actually I just found out that I am now you, sitting in well, in the last. Let's do a little recap of at least of last week. Catch people up on uh, yeah, you, you know can put, who hit the recap. Yeah. So Wait, please fill me in on how my picks somehow got me out of last. So uh, there were four Good series question. last week for Big Ten points. Uh, I'll, I'll say for the record, none of our parlays hit. I had St. Cloud sweeping Bemidji State. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, Phillips, and now Pemidji State's number 20. Yeah, uh, Phillips had Colorado College sweeping Air Force. That didn't happen. And Ryan had RPI sweeping Union. That also did not happen. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, so none of us got points on that one for the parlay that week. But out of the four Big Ten series, um, Phillips is the only one that correctly predicted Michigan to sweep Western. Um, so he gets two points for that. Uh, Minnesota versus Ohio State. Ryan and I both got the split on that. Phillips got, did not. Um, so Ryan and H get one point. Uh, Penn State, Wisconsin. Me and uh, me and Phillips got both got the Penn State sweep right uh, for another two points. And then Michigan State at Notre Dame. Uh, me and Ryan both got the split on that, and Phillips did not. So uh, basically, all in all, Ryan got two points. I got four points, and Phillips got four points as well. Oh, go dang. go big or go home on the sweeps. Yeah. So that brings everybody's totals then to Ryan has nine points, I have fourteen points, and Phillips has ten. This this is still uh, anyone's race for second. Correct. I, I I don't I don't have hope of overtaking first unless. Uh, oh, but it's four points down. You you could take that in a week. You 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 put a lot of faith in yes in my picks. Believe in yourself, Phillips. Believe. So uh, speaking of the picks, let's get right into them. Number one, U of M at number 13, undefeated Penn State and Indy Lions. And sure, they're undefeated, but they're ranked 13. So I guess that kind of says something about the team. Who are you guys picking? So uh, I've been I've made I've talked to at least you guys about this before. Um, I think Penn State so far might have played the most uh, fraudulent or, or this might be the most fraudulent eight no team I've ever seen. Um, gasp. They so look at the schedule so far this year. They've swept. They're, they're eight and zero, obviously, but they've swept Canisius, Mercyhurst, St. Thomas, and Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, and so I was. <laughs> I, I made. Yeah. A, I made a joke before the show. This is the first time, um, the first series that uh, Penn State will have that's not against what was what was the school? What was the name I made up? Central oh, Tennessee. No, it was, oh, it was, it, was, it was Northwest Tennessee uh, Community College for the Blind. Uh, <laughs> Or whatever, right? Um, you get the gist. You get the gist. Basically, they're playing not not good schools, and the, now they get the number one team in the country. Uh, the Wolverines will humble them, and the yeah, it's not going to be close. Michigan. Yeah, I mean, Penn State's not going to stay undefeated for long, as I kind of teased earlier. Uh, you, like you said, 
Penn State has had a pretty easy schedule. Michigan uh, swept Western last week, and that I mean Western's not a bad team. Western's good. Western's good. Yeah, yeah, they're good. And that was a good series. Because I remember I picked them to sweep a different series earlier in the season, and uh, unfortunately they split, so I didn't get any points on that. But you know, picking Michigan to to sweep them, I, I think it. I mean, they're number one for a reason, and they're going against number thirteen Penn State. Yeah, give give me U of M in this game. In this series, so I'm I'm a little bit on the fence because I, I I know Michigan's amazing and Penn State seems a little fraudulent. We'll we'll see if they can hang with the big dog. So I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I I I could see a split happening because it's at Penn State. Pagula Ice Arena is one of the the best ice arenas in the Big Ten. It's a hostile environment. Usually, student sections always filled and making noise. So I could see a world where Penn State pulls one because it's college hockey and that happens, but. I, I feel a lot more confident in Michigan. Beginning of the season, I I wasn't that confident in them, but seeing what they've been able to do, how much they score, how many goals per game, shots per game, and how good their goaltendings looked, I'm I'm pretty convinced that they could go to Pagula Ice Arena and pick up the sweep. So that is what I am predicting. Moving on to the second game on the slate, we have number 12, Notre Dame, at number 3, Minnesota. Stinsy, who you got? Uh, I've actually got a split on this one. I do like Notre Dame. They're they're a good team, and I think their their play style is one of those ones that matches up well with Minnesota in particular. Minnesota's be, Minnesota's beatable. They're a good team, but they're beatable. Um, and Minnesota's played a lot of very good teams uh, to this point. They played Minnesota State. They played North Dakota. They played Ohio State. And they've all those three series have all been split so far. So I would kind of expect the same trend to continue with this, um, and I think we will get a split here. Um, also, side note, uh, the month of November is not going to be kind to Notre Dame. The, their schedule, so this weekend they get Minnesota uh, in Minneapolis, and then they're home for one weekend, but they get Michigan. And then the week after that, they go to Columbus to play Ohio State, and then the weekend after, not even the weekend, like four days after that, uh, the week of Thanksgiving, they play. They they take a trip to, up to Massachusetts. They play at BU on Wednesday, and then they play at BC on Friday. Oh Jesus, that BU game is going to be a little tough. BC probably not, but but yeah. So that's a, uh, um, yeah. It, it's not a good November. Will not be a <laughs> easy month for the uh, for the Irish. I've got Minnesota sweeping here. Ooh. First of all, Notre Dame's traveling to Minnesota, who we were talking about uh, a little bit before. Minnesota's got an Olympic sheet, so I think that that you know really plays into it. Minnesota's got it kind of an advantage, being used to it. Uh, but also, I mean, just looking at Notre Dame's schedule, you lose to Denver, you tie Air Force. The only sweep they've gotten is against Northern Michigan. They split Western and they split Michigan State. Meanwhile, Minnesota. I mean, I think you hit on it. Minnesota's done pretty well against some good teams but you know they they split but splitting against Ohio State is I, I think that still says a lot uh and, and I mean at the end of the day I'm also giving them you know home ice advantage so you know give me Minnesota oh gosh I don't like that you pointed that out I totally forgot about the whole Olympic sheet thing because I have Notre Dame sweeping which is you know I just feel like going going radical going different 
I I'm convinced Notre Dame's a good team. Embrace they, this sweep. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm embracing the sweep. I'm convinced Notre Dame's a good team so we're as pre- well we're as Minnesota. For Ryan, Ryan to finish with two points on the week. Yes. Oh yes. And I'm I'm happy about that. No, I'm not. Um, who, who knows? His parlays might be the only ones to hit. <laughs> yeah, because he copy and pasted mine. <laughs> yeah, minus one. Yeah, I added one after the fact. Ooh, I might need to add one. No, <laughs> but uh, I'm picking Notre Dame. I both teams are in extremely good, and this. Steer this series screams split, but I just feel like going bold. Why the heck not? Give me the Irish. No, no real reasoning behind my pick other than just, just why the heck not? Splits aren't fun. Yep, sweeps are more fun to pick than splits. Anyways, moving on to the third and last Big Ten game of the series of the week. Ohio State having a bye week this week. That is bye week, right? Not a non-conference bye week. Yeah, oh, Ohio State has a bye week. Okay, sweet. So. So yeah, no Ohio State playing. So it's Wisconsin traveling to East Lansing to take on the Michigan State Spartans, gentlemen. Who you guys got? I got Michigan State sweeping. Uh, it's the it's just the play styles. I mean, like I said, Wisconsin cannot defend. Michigan State has a lot of uh, possession time baked kind of baked into their game. Um, they're gonna need Mo to stand on his head, um, and just be able to do pretty much anything and everything for them. Uh, and I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to get at least one past him. Uh, so, yeah, I got Michigan State sweeping. Um, I said earlier something about, oh, they had a lot of issues with defense, as, or like more specifically by their defensemen. That was wrong. Uh, what I meant to say was their forwards. Um, they have like multiple forwards that are like minus three, minus four, minus five on the season so far. And like, it's just. I know, there's a lot of young guys too, and they're just, you know, not they're not they're not defending right there. So that's gonna match up actually very well for the Michigan State defense, which is one of the strengths of that team. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm also taking Michigan State here. Aside from I think their play style just really suits them better against Wisconsin. Uh th- this is one of their easier series that they'll have this season. And if I just want to say, if they don't sweep Wisconsin, I don't know if they get another sweep all season. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I could yeah. be wrong. Things could drastically change with the teams the rest of their schedule, but I think they don't have a better opportunity to match up this well against an opponent in terms of play style. And coming back from Notre Dame, I think those games were a teaching moment. You know, you've got to cover... You're, you got you got to prevent your turnovers. You got to really help out St. Cyr on defense and take advantage of rebounding. And I think, you know, if they can just remember that coming into this game, there's no reason they really shouldn't sweep. So I see what you guys say. I could definitely see MSU sweeping this at home against Wisconsin. And great point, Phillips. This may be their, their best opportunity of the year to sweep a Big Ten team. But... I'm going with the split. It, it This series does scream MSU sweep to me, but I think Jared Moe, he, he's been able to do it a couple games. He's going to stand on his head, and MSU will have nothing to, nothing, nothing, nothing past, they will get nothing past him. He's going to shut up. No, I'm not calling that. But I think, I think Moe is going to stand on his head. His team's going to rally around him, get at least one win on the road in East Lansing. And I had another point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't care that Michigan State play style and 
Wisconsin's defense clash and Michigan State will topple them over 100 times out of 100. I don't care about that. It's college hockey. It's going to be a split, and I'm going to get one point from that. Woohoo. Yeah, I'm very enthusiastic about that, as you guys can tell. Anyways, that wraps up the uh, the Big Ten portion of the pickums. Moving on to the parlay area where we get uh, one point per parlay we pick. But if one sweep we guess is wrong, then that parlay goes into the garbage. We get no extra points. So without further ado, Stincy, who you got on your parlay this week? One of these, these will hit one day. These will hit one day. <laughs> one of ours will hit one day. We haven't hit any yet. Preface. We have not. Um... So funny fact, before the show, uh, Ryan was looking for what oh what teams to pick. Uh, and so I had th- two on my list at the time, and he literally just copy and pasted my uh, yeah, my like column into his. They're smart. That's a compliment. It's it right. So I figured like though, you know, because oh, that's not fun. Uh, this way I have to <laughs> I have to add one more. So I, I have three now, Ryan has two for the week. Uh, I'll start with the two that he copied. Uh, first, Minnesota State over St. Thomas. You have the you have the last year's runner-up versus the team that won three games. Uh, seems easy money to me. Uh, Sacred Heart over Mercyhurst is my second pick. Sacred Heart, good. Mercyhurst, not. Uh, also easy pick. Uh, and my one that I wanted to be a little extra on, um, as I see Phillips is now typing one in himself, uh, trying to add one to his parlay. Uh, he's convinced. <laughs> he he's bi- he's biting the the Sacred Heart hype. Uh, but I have uh, also North Dakota over Omaha. Uh, Omaha has not really played anybody like that, and they're sitting at like around 500 right now. Nodak is a top 10 team in the country. Uh, I believe in Drew DeRitter. Uh, so give me the Fighting Hawks to beat Omaha as well. So, uh, yeah, you, you convinced me. Sacred Heart over Mercyhurst. Especially I picked Mercyhurst to sweep Clarkson earlier, even though I knew that was going to be a split. And uh, turned out to be a split. So, uh, I mean, Sa- Sacred Heart, Sacred Heart's decent. Mercyhurst, yeah. But uh, my my two original picks, I'll add that qualifier. I'm taking Western Michigan over Miami. You know, Miami's Miami's been good. Uh, they managed to sweep Canisius, uh, split UMass Lowell. Uh, they tied one and then won another against Ferris State. But they got not necessarily they, they got blown out in one game against Denver and then lost two to four in the Saturday game against Denver. Which I mean, Denver's number two in the country. It, it, it but uh Western Michigan, I think just they've done better against better teams. You know, they the beginning of the season they split against Alaska Anchorage, but you know, they beat Fair State, swept Bowling Green, tied Notre Dame in a home and home. They got blown out at Notre Dame, then blew Notre Dame out at home, and then kept Michigan to a pair of one-goal losses. And Michigan's best team in the country, I think, you know, I I just think Western Michigan pulls this one out easily. Uh, And then I've got Air Force over Alaska Anchorage. I just think Air Force is is just a little better. I think their their record kind of reflects just if if there's going to be a parlay pick that doesn't hit, it's going to be that Air Force over Alaska Anchorage. So, I'll second you on that. I think I think if your parlay gets busted, it's probably that. But for me, 
like like Jacob said, uh, I copied uh, Minnesota State over St. Thomas. I think that one's a gimme. And then I picked Sacred Heart in the parlay every single week, so I'm going with that again. I just I liked your picks, and I was kind of lazy putting the stuff together, and was just like, yeah, that looks good. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> so uh, that'll wrap up our pickums. We'll see if I remain in last after this week. Spoiler alert, probably. Um, but yeah, that's that's going to wrap up this episode of Behind the Mask. We'll have some coverage for you guys on Friday and Saturday. No broadcasted games from us this weekend, but we will have a game story out on Friday. Probably a live tweeter, somebody live tweeting on Friday, and then we'll have a game story out on Saturday, obviously, both against Wisconsin. So Not to mention preview coming in the near future. Yes. I'll, I'll have that up within the next uh, day or so, depending on how quickly it can get uh, looked over. Though I'll be up on impact89fm.org. And if you guys want to, because I know this totally converts to us getting Twitter clout, we're doing it again. Plug in the Twitters. If you guys want to give me a follow on Twitter, I tweet about a whole bunch of heckin' random MSU hockey stuff. At R-Y-A-N-R-A-D-O-S-E-V-I-C-H. Uh, mine is Jacob F. Stinson. That's J-A-C-O-B-F-S-T-I-N-S-O-N. And my Twitter is JDPhillips125, and that's capital JDP. So take a look for that coverage this weekend, and good luck to both teams. I hope they have fun. (laughs) But that'll be this episode Behind the Mask. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week to break down the Wisconsin series and talk about MSU's next series against Ohio State. You guys have a great rest of your day or night whenever you may be listening to this. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week.